I tried to resist it, but my brain started going, asking questions, and finally I, I had to try, and I got on. And eventually that got me to Mr. Blue. And Stearns and trimethidine. When I read what he had been doing, I, I mean, I didn't think it was possible to synthesize inhibitors that are that complex, but he's doing it by the bucket load. His work is unbelievably brilliant. I mean, he is way out in front. He had some kind of an ethics cloud around him, but it didn't stop him. I need to go and see him. Do you expect me to talk? And welcome to episode 120 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm your host, Booker, and as always, joined by my lovely colleagues, Chris and Dave. How are you both doing? Feeling Good lovely, thoughts. thank you. Or should I say, incredible? <laughs> I didn't even think of that. I set him up, you knock him down. Aww. I was first in the queue with the Dave, you green with envy. Um, <laughs> it's not easy being green, you know. <laughs> Just don't so, make us angry. You won't like us when we're hungry. So, so basically, we're doing the Muppets today, yeah? Okay, got it. We are. We're, we're, yeah. Actually, I get to do Miss Piggy. <laughs> oh, sorry, that was a bit erotic. Back. <laughs> Calm it down. Oh, dear. We're feeling incredible, are we? Why might that be? Hmm. We're doing Pixar. Pixar. That's probably why. <laughs> Incredibles. <laughs> Currently, no picks are on our future slate. We will talk about that at some point. I but, personally would love but, to do it. But, but without without um, revealing any of it now, we've just firmed up our slate for probably the next two years. <laughs> so, so um, once the series all... I really want to do are moving further and further down the slate. So no, it isn't because you're the, the, the well. Hitchcock is, is really in there somewhere. Do... Well, yeah. Yeah, the one I really give... want to do. That's just given one away. Hitchcock is one. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> but there's other two I'd like to do, and they're going down and down. But anyway, anyway, anyway. All right. Well, what, what are the other two? What, what was Pixar and um, Ghibli? <laughs> oh, Ghibli. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> I normally just throw the Ghiblis away and just have like a breast or a wig. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone seems to have different opinions. Do you cook them or what? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, the neck bits all know, right, so but those other bits know. pointless. Those giblets, you don't want to eat them. Don't know why we get. Take them on the barbecue. It is summer. I don't know why we get a series out of that, Becca. <laughs> we'll work out some Studio Ghibli and we'll work out some Pixar as well. Come up with some new um, new recipes for what you can do with giblets. Okay, brilliant. If you think, if you come up with some ideas of what we can do with giblets, drop us an email. Switch to talk at gmail.com. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh dear, including where not to shove them. Anyway, tonight we are reviewing The Incredible Hulk, starring Ed Norton, not Edward Snowden. Liv Tyler, William Hurt, Tim Roth, Tim Blake Nelson, Ty Burrell, who I didn't totally forgot he was in this film, um, and Lufrino, scored by Craig Armstrong, script by Zach Penn, and directed by Louis Leterrier, and released in 2008. I was really trying to remember what I best know him from, Ty Burrell, and I'm, I'm looking through his... Uh, Modern Family? Never watched Modern Family, so oh, it's not so funny. that. So I, funny. I think he's just one of those people who just keeps turning up and stuff. Like, no, he's like a good character actor. 
Like he's like, he, he keeps playing like bit parts and different things, so you, like you would have like just known him out of association. I imagine. Is he finding that uh, finding Dory as well? I did watch Back to You, which was a short-lived Kelsey Grammer sitcom he did after oh, Frasier. Yeah. Yes. He was in that. And actually, that was just before this, so maybe that was it. He turned up and it was like, oh, I know from that sitcom that's not that good. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Ty Burrell's in this. Um, starring Edward Norton. <laughs> not Edward Snowden. Yeah. Second attempt to get Hulk on the big screen. Did everybody see the first? Yes. In 2003. I, I didn't see it at the cinema. Um, I watched it on DVD... Uh, like a year or so afterwards, and after it got absolutely trashed, I remember watching. I remember watching it, thinking, "This isn't bad. I, you know, I'm quite enjoying this. I don't see what everyone's problem is." Then it got to the last act. I was like, "Yeah, you kind of lost me now." All right, but, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> but but it, but for the most part, I did. I did generally think. I I think I still kind of do. I think it's a little bit um, underrated. Not well, no, maybe not underrated. It's a little bit. Um, a little bit over, <laughs> over generous, yeah. but um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it, might, it you know, it, it's a better movie than pe- people give it credit for. I think, I think it just loses its way. But um, like visually, it's stunning. But then, in terms of like plot and thematics, it does kind of get a bit um, like as we were discussing off air before we started recording, like a bit pretentious. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I do love Angley's films, and you know, they're very beautiful. But I just think it kind of gets ahead of itself. I, I do think the Hulk actually takes the idea of of the character and does something with that. But whereas that was probably a bit more like a, a proper director's bit, a little bit more artistic in in, in a way it's conceived. Um, this one's like tall to pull opposite. It's a bit more mass audience friendly, but there's very little subtext to this at all. Um, yeah. Yeah, there isn't. I mean, I, I, it's funny because I, I like Eric Banner quite a bit. I, I didn't really like him in that film, uh, largely because I thought when he was trying to like contain his rage before he turned, it looked ridiculous. He looked like um, that Harry Enfield character. What were they called? The self-righteous brothers? Oh, like, oh, yeah. Because no. he'd be going... <laughs> <laughs> and it, was, it looked a bit silly. Having said that, I have and probably always will have a bit of a thing for Jennifer Connolly. So and she's lovely in it. They put her in this sort of chunky knitwear that looks kind of cute. You want to sit in front of a fire with her. Um, and oh, I really, Bethany's really a lucky man. I know. A and lucky, I really liked. Man. And I, I liked and maybe even preferred Sam Shepard as Thunderbolt Ross, but that's a bit of a photo finish because uh, William Hurt's pretty good as well. I liked it. I mean, one of the things I, I've certainly got a non-standard opinion on the CG, in that traditionally most people when the the one we're going to review tonight came out, we're saying, well, it looks so much better than that Ang Lee joke. I actually think the Ang Lee Hulk is better rendered, not necessarily better designed. Uh, the only f- big flaw in the rendering is the shorts. The shorts look really cartoonish, but the actual... I, I believe that creature is there, whereas a lot of the CG we're going to talk to, about tonight I think looks awful. I think it looks really cartoonish. There's more detail in this Hulk, but it doesn't look finished. It doesn't look properly rendered, and, and the character only really works at night. The sort of thunderstorm scene, he looks pretty good, but anything in daylight, I think he looks bloody awful, actually. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of liked it. The interesting thing with, with the Hulk film is, uh, from 2003, the Ang Lee one, was a lot of people said, oh, well, it's not very child-friendly, is it? 
Um, funny thing is, I went with a friend, his wife, and their then five-year-old kid, and the five-year-old was completely transfixed by it, which was which was quite interesting. Really got on well with the Ang Lee Hulk. Um, if I've got one critique, it's, and it's again, all the domestic violence stuff in it. That's probably what it was. Yeah, it's <laughs> me of home. Just slaughtered my friends. No, none of that in that house. Um, lovely, lovely, lovely people. But they took this kid who I thought was going to struggle with it because I was struggling with it a bit, and I looked round. He's transfixed. I loved it. Um, if I had one flaw with it, one major flaw was the relatability of the character in making. Now, remember, we're not comic book people, and I don't care what the comic does does in this regard. I didn't like the fact that he got larger, the angrier he got. Because by the sort of big scene where he breaks out into the Nevada desert or whatever, I think he, he goes up to something like 15 to 20 feet in height. And he's so, he's so separated from the size of human beings that it suddenly just doesn't become relatable in any way. I do like them to cap his height at like eight or nine feet. Um, so I think this is, what we're going to cover tonight is a little bit more relatable. Um, but yeah, it's got none of the ambition. And funnily enough, for, for this being a much more crowd-friendly film, it, it, the gross is, is, is barely any different. I mean, the, Hang, the Ang Lee Hulk film grossed 245, and this grossed 263. 18 million difference with five years of inflation in between, and there's 13 million different in budget as well. So if anything, and it will depend on individual deals done in different markets, but on the face of it, this film is actually even less profitable than the Ang Lee film, which is quite interesting. Um, the only other thing I want to sort of say in background before we go into first thought is Louis Leterrier uh, signed on to direct it, which got me a little bit worried because I just thought, you know, he was best known for The Transporter. And I just thought, this is going to be real fucking dumb shit. But um, I warmed to him through all the special features. I really did quite a bit directed it with a broken leg i think for for a lot of the shoot it was a tough shoot but his first choice to play um bruce banner was mark ruffalo and it was and it was the studio who said no and wanted norton and by the studio i mean universal in this case i think Mm -hmm. but yeah we could have had mark ruffalo as the hulk right away yeah which would have been interesting i think it's interesting how it's all come back around really has it so see if that would have happened i we probably would have seen a different actor uh, rather than Mark Ruffalo Yeah, you might, now. We might not see him now, like we do um, in the Avengers. I to... don't know. I think the only thing I, I think is, let's say he'd continued and been in the Avengers as the take on the character we know and everything, because I do think the take on the character is a little different here. The only question it raises in my mind was, would they have redesigned the Hulk in the same way? Because there's a big redesign becoming between this film and the version we see in the Avengers, partly because there's a different man playing Banner, partly because there's a different studio uh, effects house, sorry, doing the effects. Um, that I'm, I'm not so sure about. We, might we have had a less satisfying looking Hulk because they would have had to continue with whatever rhythm and use did, albeit render it a bit better. So that's, that's kind of an interesting point to me. A um, couple of other things to mention. Music done by a guy called Craig Armstrong. I'm just looking up now because I really don't know his stuff. But actually looking at it, he scored Elizabeth the Golden Age. He did the Oliver Stone film World Trade Center and he did Love Actually. But how much source, how much non-sort of source music there was in that, I don't know. Um, just what struck me is how similar to the Danny, Danny Elfman score for Hulk it is. It's, it's not as good as, 
but it's uh, that was quite interesting. Um, I, don't I thought some I've of got... the music um, reminded me of Dying of the Day, just a little bit like the the first couple of opening bars to like Madonna's theme, and it sounds kind of quite choppy, um, quite very ur- urgency aspect of the theme as well. But I just just only thought as I was listening, I thought, hold on a minute, I've heard this somewhere before. The, the theme that sticks that out in my head is the stuff with um, Betty Ross, the, like the kind of like the the romantic type stuff. That that was the one. That's the the music that was standing out to me the most. And a very think... early fun fact as well. We also hear the Lonely Man theme from the original series. Yeah, we do. We do, and I think that was going to sort of lead me on to the sort of last thing I wanted to say. A sort of background on this film is, it does feel like a an updating of the television series, much more than what's come since. Is that good now, or bad? I, um, I love the television series. Whether it's uh, evidently it's not that good for general audiences because it engrossed very high. But um, the TV series uh, started off with a TV film. Um, I was correct in saying TV. I'm correct in saying TV film, although I think it got a, a cinema release in this country. Um, starred the late Bill Bixby, who does have a tiny little cameo in this film uh, uh, as a character. Edward Norton is watching one of. Uh, Bill Bixby's TV programs at one point in this film so you do see him on the television screen yep. uh, but the Lonely Man theme uh, and everything else uh, quite an iconic piece of music assigned, uh, uh, in that TV series just to give you a little bit of background he is a sort of researcher working on um, well he's actually researching based off something that happened to him because he has a car accident before the events of the film the car flips catches fire he gets out and he's trying desperately to to turn the car over open the door do something and he can't do it and his wife perishes in the car and it, it in the years that follow he's he's doing all this research on on it and looking at you know and he's hearing stories from people who suddenly were able to tack, tap into great strength in almost identical stories he's interviewing a woman at one point who's clearly got like a burn on her face where she's got her son out of the car in almost identical scenarios and what he finds is they all tapped into this strength at times of high gamma whatever that means whether that means environmentally or whatever um so he blasts himself with some gamma and it kind of thinks nothing has happened drives home a tire blows out and in his anger, he transforms into Lou Ferrino's version of the Hulk that we know. And in the series that followed, he basically, it was, it was a bit like the littlest hobo or something. He went from town to town doing jobs that were below his level of education and off the books and calling himself something different. So he was known as David Banner for reasons we've discussed before. But he, he'd go somewhere and call himself David Banman or David Banyan or something rather too close to his real name, to be honest. That's why we, we see David B at the end. But he, but he would try to just like fit in somewhere and work for just, you know, janitor, that sort of thing. And eventually he would, something would be going on in that town that he would try to get involved with and eventually hulk out typically twice and twice an episode but it's a man going from town to town working off the books and that's what this is yeah. so this, this is an updating of the television show frankly and it also uh, had episodes of four and daredevil as well at some point uh, those are the tv <laughs> films that follows you had i think return of the incredible hulk something like that and death of the uh, trial of the incredible hulk and death of the incredible hulk and one of them had matt murdoch in it 
Uh, very light. When he turned into de- when he dressed as Daredevil, it was like a black outfit, and you had Thor in it as well. And I can't remember who played. Um, I can't remember who played Thor. That's an actor we know. Just might just look it up. Actually, Return of the Incredible Hulk. Let's just look it up. Or the Incredible Hulk Returns. Sorry, is that the one with Thor in it? Uh, it is Eric Kramer. Hmm. He was in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh. Yeah, that's all. yeah. Uh, what else was he in? I think he might have been in some TV shows as well. But yeah, anyway. So, so we should do a Mobrook series as well. That'd be funny. Well, a couple of his films are funny. <laughs> I quite like him, but anyway, moving on. A couple of his films are brilliant, but yeah, a lot aren't. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that's just background on this film. I think that's what we got, and, and I have to say Lou Ferrino looks ripped in this. Yeah, he looks buff. <laughs> he's he sounds like bodybuilding, doesn't he? So. Yeah, I'm joking, because he does have a cameo in this. He's, he's the guard, that, the sort of security guard that lets him through with a pizza at one point. Yeah, we get kind of all aspects of, because you see um, Bill Bixby, Lou Ferrino. Um, I'm trying not to call well, well, did he play security um, guard in the Ang Lee Hulk film as well? He was in that as well. You yes. saw him coming out of the door with, with Stan Lee, I think. I think him and Stan Lee are the only yeah. people to be in both. And he does the voice of the Hulk. I don't know if he still does, but he certainly did through like the Avengers and all that. He does the voice of the Hulk. Oh, makes sense, doesn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm sure, yeah, I've, I've always remembered whether he did do something like that or something like that, but yeah. Um... So, yeah, first thoughts, folks. Becca? I guess you can go first. Oh, <laughs> I, was being, yeah, I was being a gentleman there. Um, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, it's it's alright. I mean, it's, it's one of those films where I enjoy my time with it as I'm watching it, but it doesn't sort of have much to offer other than just like it's just passable entertainment um it it's relatively short in comparison to other Marvel films it's, it's under two hours um and i think one one i think one of the downfalls of, of the film it's not necessarily downfall so to speak but the only actual arc in this film is the general ross character uh, which is more or less like the the villain-ish kind of guy he's the only guy that actually goes through like a revelation of any sorts the main focus is on bruce and betty ross and they don't really have any journey whatsoever it's just they just nothing really changes for them they just start one place and completely and end in the completely same place really just a bunch of stuff happens and there they are it's just uh nothing really develops and i think that's probably the the biggest flaw of the film but other than that it's kind of it it is really just very fast and loose fun time to watch but doesn't really give you anything to chew on afterwards i would be inclined to agree actually to be honest um i think compared to especially compared to the last film um i said which which looked stunning but i think it started to have like ideas above its station i guess that's the only way i could think to, to articulate it um, but I, you know, I definitely enjoyed the set pieces. But I think once this film gets to the halfway mark, things tend to go downhill a little bit. Um, and you've got sort of various plot threads that aren't really aren't really developed for me. For example, like there's a, there's a storyline with um, Tim Blake Nelson's character, um, and there are sort of things that, that are alluded to that you don't kind of really see again. Um, and aspects to when um, 
sorry, I'm forgetting people's names when um, when Tim Roth becomes the abomination and there are kind of aspects to to his character or sort of traits that he starts to develop that again you don't see and just all these kind of loose ends. Obviously, they they're setting up for for a sequel, which never really happened, I suppose. Um, but still, it's just very frustrating for me. Um, again, before we start recording, we were talking about the effects. Um, I do think uh, he. I'm just going to go out and say it. This is really stupid and self-centered of me, but the way they stole his hair in this film that like, really bothered me. <laughs> I couldn't stop looking at it. I just thought it was so so strange and really threw me off. I really couldn't concentrate it on anything like a else. Live action Beano drawing. That's probably what it was. Uh, yeah, it looked really weird. I would say you got this like cartoonish CGI Hulk style character um, with this kind of emo style hair. I think they're probably going for a clip, like look similar to like um, the the live action TV series uh, many years ago, um, which is fine. But I just felt it, it wasn't rendered perhaps as well, and no, I mean, the, the way it was lit like... was a little bit awkward, and I, was, I just drew my attention to it in all the wrong reasons, and I, I feel really bad for saying that, because I know there's a lot of work that goes into it. When we come to Thor, um, my, my, one of my college friends, um, her brother works for one of the production companies, so I'm going to try and get in touch, because I do know there is a lot, obviously there's a lot of work that goes into this, so I kind of feel bad bashing it. Um, but at the same time, it's just like, it drew my attention for all the wrong reasons, and it took me out of the film. The, the way I the way I see it, I I I obviously it's like more a case of how it's managed rather than the people actively doing the work because I think the people actually doing the work are are very talented and are doing the best with what they have in That's the time they have. Time. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all so, artists. They're all artists. It's budget and time. Yeah. Mm. This is a hundred and fifty million dollar film, which is not that massive in the big scheme of things. No, I, was gonna say, it's I mean. Yeah, I mean, they were making Spider-Man films for well over 200 million by this point, well over 200 million. So, I'm quite happy to bash it. I think the CG in this film looks fucking awful. I'm really quite happy to bash it. Now, the thing is, Chris is absolutely right. It's it's not really bashing the people. It's not that anyone's done oh, some. No, no, no. It's, yes, it's not, it's not the, it's, the artists themselves. It's, it's just the, the way it comes that, across. Because the thing is, everyone works on everything anyway. Mm. There's an awful lot of subcontracting goes on. So, you know, you'll get... Um, I don't know, Industrial Light and Magic or Weta or something involved. Yeah. I don't know so much about Weta because I think they may be New Zealand based, but certainly mm, in America they will farm out bits of that work to get it done. And very often uh, lots and of different also, studios will work on different aspects. So it's the same with, like, with, with any kind of animation type job, especially within like, Japanese anime for example, because you'll have, you'll have one main studio doing the production, but they'll farm that out to lots of like the, the in-between sections. It's the same with video games, you know, there'll be Ubisoft or something, somebody will be making a game, but parts of their other studios will be doing bits as well yeah. and it's budget and time and frankly it, it all looks massively unfinished is how it looks when the you know when the abomination and the hulk are fighting each other at the end it just all looks so shiny it, it looks does. like that worst of that millennial rubber as alex shaw you know from digital drift and school of movies <laughs> always used to call it it, it, you it, know. it just looks like i want to break out my ps2 and yeah, it is, I, it is very PS2 or very uh, PS3. And graphics, I don't sure. get, I mean, if, if you're going to compare it to the 2003 Hulk, what it does have is a lot more detail in that there's more musculature, there's more um, detail of like veins and, and arteries and all that sort of mm, thing. It's more defined. Way more defined than the 2003 Hulk, which was kind of much blockier. But I always felt like that Hulk was there in the scene. 
Whereas this one just looks like a cartoon. I really think the CG in this film is something pretty awful. Um, and that kind of drew I, me out. I mean, that's that's a problem I, that I had with you know those kind of films of the early two thousands. Obviously, coming towards like the mid two thousands as well. But I say yeah, the, the effects here were to a point where it would take me year, out of the film. We're a year from Avatar at this stage. They they could do better by this point. But it is time and money, and they went to Rhythm and Hughes. Hmm. Now, they were a young studio at that stage. I mean, even if you go to an industrial light and magic, you, you may not get their A team. Do you know what I mean? because they may be busy on, I don't know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull or something, or, or Iron Man or whatever. Um, so, yeah, so in that regard, I mean, as for his hairstyle, it, it's not my favourite sort of iteration of how the Hulk looks, but I can find I can find comic book panels that look a bit like that, to be honest. The 1982 and 1996 cartoon, the Hulk had a hairstyle a bit like that. So it's not unusual, but I fundamentally don't like the design of him. And thought it looked like a cartoon, and I'm really surprised to hear you both kind of agree with me, because I've not heard a lot of that. A lot of it's been oh, so much better than the Ang Lee version to look at, you know. And I just, I don't really see it. So I did have a problem with that in the film. Um, as for you know, I mean that 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 is a, a my first thoughts echo Chris's really. Not an awful lot happens in this film. There's no great journey for the characters. Um, it's an extended episode of a TV show with a big, big, big budget. Um, I, I like the little nods to the TV show because I loved the TV show. That's why I was excited for this film. Um, I like everyone in it just fine. There are some casting choices from the 2003 version I might sort of switch in if I had a choice, just because I think Sam Shepard is fundamentally a bit more frightening than than um, William Hurt is. But um, it's okay. It, it's but yeah it's like you say all right yes he goes back to where the accident happened so in the whole scheme of bruce banner's life some major things happen but he ends up in kind of a similar place albeit with a degree of implied control we can read that from what came later with the avengers and stuff but actually judging this film on its own and this is four years before the avengers i don't think anyone was 100 percent sure what the end of that film meant anyway but um, yeah, I don't love it. I don't hate it. I don't think it's bad. I I, I think what we're going to get next week with the sort of Iron Man two is probably a bit more entertaining on the face of it. But it doesn't have all those flaws of of foreshadowing everything. And the problem is the Hulk norm doesn't look like this anymore. Bruce Banner doesn't look like this anymore. Bruce Banner doesn't act like this anymore. He's a, he's a very different character as a man as well. We haven't seen. William Hurt aside, and that's only since Civil War, I think. We haven't seen uh, any of the other characters again, so it's no wonder to me that this is a forgotten corner of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And frankly, I wouldn't skip any of them; they're all enjoyable enough. But if you were going to skip one, you'd skip this. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think. If this actually adds anything, and it it, it actually doesn't. I mean, it, it it does a good job in itself of like rebooting itself from the from the last Hulk film, but it introduces the super soldier serum as a concept. So as a tease at the time, it's useful. But I mean, we're going to get that in two films' time anyway, yeah. or three films, three films' time. Sorry. Um, so I like that, and also um, just a little sort of taster for Captain America: The First Avenger. I'm going to be very positive about that film, but I, I've. It, it's my sort of quantum of solace in that, like, I've had, a, I've been on a journey with that film. I didn't like it when I first saw it. Um, now, 
I have to say the effects of the super soldier serum in the way Blomsky is able to fight the Hulk in that park, I thought was done better than in Captain America. I thought as a little sort of foreshadow for what the super soldier serum can do in a smaller dose, I thought that was really great. But yeah, it doesn't you don't need this film at all. No, it, it it doesn't really add anything. I mean, I, I was actually surprised, like thinking, oh, they did reference like Captain America. You know, sure something I completely missed. But then I haven't seen this film in ages. Um, I guess the last thing I'd say as well is, um, it's probably one of the least funny Marvel films. Now, I I do bristle when people go, oh, they're just like fucking light comedy. Well, they're not. But there's a tone to a Marvel film, and this even sits outside of that. Yeah. Because I mean, Iron Man is, is, a, is a relatively funny character, as played by Downey Jr. There's quite a lot of fish-out-of-water humour around Thor. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, well, this I would have been it. from, like, when they were trying to, like... They were still trying to figure themselves out. I mean, this is, like, the, what, the second film? Yeah. Like, and this, like, this would have been made At in power with, with Iron Man. So they were kind of so, like, well, okay, they haven't really found their feet, so to speak, or they they thought, okay, we'll have this one a bit different, but obviously it didn't work, so they kind of make it more lighter tone, possibly. Yeah. But, they were uh, filming through the second half of 2007, which is exactly the same as Iron Man, really. Yeah. In fact, yeah. Iron Man may have started a bit earlier. I think that may have started in the spring. This started in the summer, around now, actually. It says here filming began on July the 9th, which is the day after we record this. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, I think that's it for opening thoughts, isn't it? Yep. Shall we try and pad out this, this, this film sequentially? I think we let's shall... try and make it a short, sharp one, shall we? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Take three hours of this. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. Um, I, yeah, the trouble is now, if we put out a show that's like an hour and 15 or so, I wouldn't want to put that out, that's too short, that's not our format. But yeah, this film is fairly thin. But I do like, we start with an opening credit sequence, which again, tells you you're watching an update of the TV show. That's pretty cool, uh, though. I did like that a lot, actually. I did get vibes of, I, to be honest, I, it's not something I grew up with. Um, I I must be I must be honest, I've not seen it, but I'm, I'm sort of familiar with the ethos, like around it, for example, and Lee Farino and Bill Bixby. Um, I appreciate kind of, you know why they're so iconic within the series, but it's just I sort of saw a couple of clips on on YouTube introduction. I kind of I got that vibe. So what you need to what you need to watch is the opening credits. Mm, exactly. Really. Yeah, that's um, what I went back and did, and I can appreciate gets, this a lot more. He gets into a chair that looks exactly the same as the one Edward Norton gets in. Mm, exactly. And, and in the series that follows, I'm just going to send you a link. You can put it on silently if you like. But these are the opening credits to the television show, which you can obviously like just play in the background. Yeah, you've these seen, are the ones that I saw, and literally, you've seen yeah. the danger sign as well. That danger, yeah, danger. Sign yeah. So it, it's definitely related to that. It's all oh, exactly that. Yeah, I went, I went back and did that, and I can kind of I can appreciate these these titles because obviously at the time when I saw this at the cinema, I was I didn't have any knowledge of that, unfortunately. But sort of doing this, coming back, I sort of think, hold on a minute. So I went back and kind of watched, you know, any opening series videos that were on YouTube, and I could appreciate it a lot more. And plus, the titles are very stylish. Yeah, I think what what I really liked about it is like, even if like you was a bit confusion about if this is a sequel to the last Hulk film or if you didn't know anything about the Hulk previously, this tells you everything you need to know. Really, the, yeah, it's like this. This brings you up to speed to like of who the main characters are, generally speaking, what. 
what's happening, what what do you need to know up to this point? And it kind yeah, of like there aren't, needs... there aren't many, there aren't twenty minutes of tests and stuff. Yeah, there just... isn't like let's do an origin origin story again. Like the, 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 this stands, this does like sort of prove that you can go sh- jump straight into it and explain well, who origin everyone is. stories work for certain types of characters. They work mm. all right for Iron Man because you see him build the thing, and he also he goes on an emotional journey as well. With Spider-Man, you can see him bitten, and then you can see him start to see these powers mm. and go, what the fuck's this, and all the rest of it. might be a bit overplayed now, but it was certainly valid. With the Hulk, th- there's no real... The origin is is him getting to the accident, that whatever version of it they do, because there's been different versions mm. over the years. In the original comics, it was like a... It's like a nuclear test or something. He ran out onto like a test field to save... A character and and got hit by the blast. Um, it's 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 probably best done in the credits. And obviously, when it's from his perspective thereafter, much taller than everyone else, then you see him in hospital and bloodied and and actually, it does build up that sense of um, you can see why he doesn't want to Hulk out. Put it that way. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And it's all done with this kind of like haze as well. Like what what you first see when he remembers. Do you remember anything from being the Hulk? It's just like it's just random images rather than actual, or just like little moments rather than actual remembering things vividly. It's just no, I just remember certain parts, uh, which kind of makes you think that that's how he that's how he remembers it. That remembers that's it. that's assuming it is from his memory. Well, yeah, I, 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 really I just know. thought that they echoed well, that. You I know. think it, you always felt like he remembered something, otherwise he wouldn't know anything. I don't know. But obviously, um, yeah, so we, we cut to Rio, Rio in Brazil, and we just get endless shots of this, what are they called, favelas? Favelas, yeah, Brazil, so it's basically kind of like a, a shanty town. Yeah. Um, just, it goes on and on and on and on and on, an Ariston. Um They're huge, they're really vast. It's got to make up for a plot, hasn't it, so? <laughs> well, it has, literally. <laughs> well, um, I mean, you do have... I mean, it, he does keep the camera moving. I can see why they hired him. He does yeah, one, one thing about Louis Terry, I mean, he's made... Um, oh, God, they've gone out of my head now. Transporter. Mm. Yeah, he did make the Transporter, um, and also Unleashed. So if you want cut, 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 you know, quick-moving action films, Louis Terry is your man. I have to say I hated Unleashed. It was crap. <laughs> it's an interesting or concept. Or the Dog. Yeah, or down the dog as he shall be known. But just like, you know, films that kind of that, that move really quickly, it's cut off to cut off to cut. Um and you know, very very fast paced and action heavy. He must be your guy. Although <coughs> very plot on character and, and story. A bit montagey to start with. He's um living in kind of like a little bit of a bed sit. He's got like a dog there. He's um working at a bottling plant. Uh, that's a real drink, apparently. Though they changed the color of it for this film because it's more like tan color. It's green, like color yeah. Everything's green in this film, though. It is. It's, it's a got a very green tint to it. I, I love the Hulk, but it's a bit like the Matrix. You don't have to stick green filters on everything; it just makes it, it look sickly. I don't like that at all. Plus, like with no. the when when the serum goes into the bottle, you can see it easily, more easily. Can't speak now. Possibly, yeah. Um, but yeah. So what else? We see him sort of talking with somebody online and he's also doing things like yoga and stuff like that and then he has to breathe yeah and and basically trying to stop spikes we don't know quite what it is to start with but spikes in his 
heart rate. Mm. So we can infer from that and we find out definitively in a while that um, it's it, it's actually his heart rate going over 200 in this film. Which I'm not sure is the greatest idea in the world because that would be extro- astonishingly rare. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I imagine if someone with a heart rate that, that's like, uh, oh shit, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, very, very poorly. If you had a heart rate like get this that. guy, get this man into theatre, he needs medical attention staff. Like. Yeah, it'd be very poorly, wouldn't he? I mean, I always liked the one thing I miss about Hulk in his current incarnation is I liked the slow change. That comes from the TV show. I like them fighting it and then the eyes and then, you know, he's slowly ripping out of his clothes. I love all that, whereas now he just goes bang Hulk. You know what I mean? Um, So I I kind of like that element. But yeah, he's working at a bottling plant um, and he's just doing handyman stuff and fixing the kit there and things like that. Yeah, because he he does, yeah, he manages to fix some electricals and manages like, I should put you on the payroll. And he's like, no, it's fine. No, no, because I don't want to be trapped. Exactly, yeah, it reminded me of Terminator Three that way, mm. where um, where he was sort of working on a building site, but doing it off the books and stuff like that. Doesn't own credit cards, doesn't do anything that can be traced anywhere. Uh, he's obviously a fugitive. We find out that he's being chased by a sort of thunderbolt, Ross. Although we don't find that out immediately, we've got to get to the first sort of accident of the film. But um, yeah, he's a fugitive from the U.S. military because this was a U.S. military test. And it was a super soldier serum program they were trying to recreate. Basically, they were trying to recreate Captain America, effectively, mm-hmm. as we later find out. So he's at the bottling plant one day, and he cuts his finger. And Blade, <laughs> Blade, the 1998 film <laughs> standard CG blood comes out of the wound. This looks shit. But it goes down into, like, we're not quite sure where to start with, but in and amongst the bottles... Yeah, he does a cr- he does a crap job in like sort of seeing where it's gone. It's like you think there must be like a subtle drop somewhere. He does find a drop. Yeah, it's not at all. And then, then you see where it's really gone. and think, fucking hell, have you missed that? <laughs> how can how can you not see that? That's <laughs> it's like so coated in it almost. And then it goes into the bottle, and there's a clear blob of blood in it. I'm just thinking, <laughs> this is not the greatest. Uh... Mind you, the, the the plant itself looks like it's about to fall down, and in fact, they knocked it down the week after. They literally kept it open for like a week or two before demolishing it somewhere in the United States where they filmed this. Oh, right. And then the, the crew sort of, or the, the, the production company went in and sort of did it up to, to make it like a working bottling plant, but it, it's all a bit naff. Uh, so he's worried about his blood. He's carried some glue around with him to sort of cover up any cuts or anything like that and also we see that he's getting there's a woman there who clearly likes him and he's not interested at all except he does see her start to get sexually harassed yeah and he he does step in so there's there's basically a couple of bullies aren't there or one in fact to start with in and around that plant who he's now pissed off yeah, it's just it's just the usual sort. Of, okay, well, I need to keep myself calm because I don't wanna I don't wanna get angry. I mean, you have to like the constant like, um, what was it days without incident? That's yeah, like, that's a motive. Yeah, it's days without incident. Uh, I, f- I forget what it's, it's a sizable amount. So he's doing something well. like one hundred and forty-one or something yeah. like that. It's been a good while. So he, he's doing really well. So he's in a good place to in, keeping calm and keeping low and everything. So, but obviously everything would test him. Um, because I don't know if I was trying to avoid hulking out and my heart rate was the problem, 
that I'd go to a super hot climate and live in like a massively overcrowded favela. I don't know, where would you go though? I don't know, might you go somewhere a bit cooler and more rural? Sure. I don't know. I know, like for somebody, yeah, he's trying to keep his heart rate low in a very unstressful environment. Shouldn't he be in Canada or something? He does go to um, to Columbia, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. You know, much of this film is actually made in Toronto, made well, obviously in or near around Toronto. So I've been to the street where they filmed the final battle. Mm, that was really cool. What you mean that was in New York? One of the longest oh. streets in the country. Bits, <laughs> bits of it are filmed in in New York. Uh, uh, Young Street, the I think it is. Battle, the final battle where they had to shut streets off and have cars be flung about and stuff. They hmm. they shot that. Um, they shot that in Canada in the in in Toronto. Yeah, I've been to Toronto generally. It's a lovely city. I can recommend if anybody hasn't been and they'd like to visit, I recommend you visit. It's like a smaller, cleaner New York. Very clean, very clean. Um, just, yeah. Uh, we did like a tour of, of, of the East Coast and after visiting like New York and similar cities, I was just shocked by how clean it was. I was like, oh, this is like being at home. Yeah, it's, um, I can't remember the name of the street, but it's actually one of the longest streets in the country, if not the longest hmm. street in the country, and it goes right out of the city. It's one of the it's one of the streets that it it got strange regulations for different areas there. I think it's the one area where you can have like pawn shops and things like that. Mm, just because it's yeah, so big. But yeah, I've I've been to that street where they filmed it. But um, yeah, one thing it does do is uh, the one thing that impressed me about this film on first watch is I didn't. We want to see the Hulk, yet the story has taken me enough that I didn't want him to Hulk out. I, I was with him, trying to keep himself mm-hmm. calm and all the rest of it. Well, he's he's he's, uh, he's done a good job so far. You don't you know want to keep him on track. Oh, come on, you're doing really well. You don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't fuck this up. You're in so, you've got such a beautiful apartment and everything. <laughs> um, yeah, that bottle goes to the United States. We see it all bottled up, and it's heading from Brazil to the United States. The next thing we see, Stan Lee's drinking it uh, and drops it, and basically has gamma radiation poisoning. See, I was I was expecting something to happen, like a, have a massive arm or something, or 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 there'd be some sort of like visual gag. I'm glad and then he just drinks it and goes, "Oh, yeah." It already it undermines it that you they used him for that because he's always the comic relief anyway, and this isn't yeah. meant to be comedic. But anyway, um, that gets word gets to the military that um, there's been a poisoning incident. He says where. And, of course, he's then got to put a team together to go and get this guy, particularly if he hulks out. So he calls in Emil Blomsky, who is... Uh, a Cockney uh, military, US military guy. From Russia? Well, no, he's brought in from the Royal Marines, the, the UK Marines. Is he? Oh, mm-hmm. OK. Yeah, I he, he was... And he's Russian-born, hence the name. I don't know the comics well enough, so I don't know. Um, I'm, say, yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with his character. I thought it was casting, but there you go. Um, I think yeah, that's quite interesting because there was an interview with him. We're saying oh, it would be quite interesting to see how like a Cockney boy, a Cockney man plays a villain. But I mean, you know, he's, it is very it, it's very solid. Um, I think when he becomes the combination, it's a little bit a little bit dodge. Even shit with CG. That's my point. Um, <laughs> that's roundabout way. Um, but you know, Tim is a solid, solid solid choice, and you know, any film he's in, always happy to watch him. Happy to see him here. I'm just glad he's not doing a red accent. Yeah, I mean, the only I think the most unrealistic thing about the character is when he claims to be thirty nine. Yeah, <laughs> so, you know, Tim Roth was a good decade over older than that at that point or close to anyway. Can, yeah. Um, 
So uh, yeah, originally was going to be uh, KGB, wasn't he? But um, he said no, I want, wants to be. Yeah, and you've now got. Uh, we find out that Liv Tyler, Betty Ross, is his daughter, and they don't speak anymore. Very like Hulk in that regard. Mm. Um, and yeah, he puts a team together to go down and get this guy. And uh, so at the very same time as those guys he stopped harassing, or the guy he started stopped harassing that woman, come after him. Uh, the basically the US <laughs> have sent in the military to get him as well so yeah from there basically they find him or they find his apartment uh, but he's already kind of I think he knows that how does he know they're there because he, he climbs out the window doesn't he yeah. he knows they're there doesn't a dog bark possibly it could be that they get basically he gets out the window and at the same time he's spotted by the guy that harassed the woman so they're chasing him and he's and the military are chasing him at the same time through this through the sort of streets of this shantytown yes yeah. and i think this is quite effective just because i don't want him to hulk out i yeah. think well the character must have taken me a little bit then it, i think so this is actually a, a good set piece like a good general action scene um place the Leterrier's strengths because it keeps moving yeah the me, me only problem with, with it because it happens this early on i don't think it gives me enough to actually get involved but as you say david it's like if you're like i, I, just, I generally don't want to see him hulk out <laughs> yeah 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 so it does work so but i do appreciate i think it's actually well thought out i think it's well um Conceived, he keeps right? stopping. Yeah, yeah, and he keeps stopping and checking his heart rate and all that, and trying mm. to remember the breathing. But he doesn't have a lot of time. Um, they're they're going to trank him. They're not going to kill him mm. at this stage. But you'd, all bets are off once they get him back to the United States. So we definitely want him to get away. And he basically ends up. I think he ends up in the bottling plant, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and they corner him, the, the the guys, and start to give him a bit of a beating. He's warning them not to. Yeah, you say you won't like me when I'm angry. Um, though he yeah. was hungry before because he got he got it got his. Uh, yeah, he got the word wrong. So I think he was he was hungry about ten years before it was became popular. Yeah, I don't what know if that works thing. in that language. Are the words even remotely similar? I don't know. But anyway, I don't know. I, I'd have to open this up to our Portuguese listeners if we have any. Now they beat now the eyes the eyes turn green. Now in the Incredible Hulk TV show, these turn kind of a white, kind of a greedy white. Mm. Um. And I, I think one of my big CG problems is the eyes. The eyes constantly look like fucking neon. They, bright they look, yeah, they look like the lights you'd have in your, com, you know, in a self-made computer cabinet or something. They look. <laughs> it's, too it's bright. Quite a cool effect, too, it's cool. It's all right when you see his eyes turn. Yeah. But when, when it's actually the Hulk, the eyes. If you go and look at the Ruffalo Hulk, his eyes are much more of a normal brightness. They're sure. just green. In fact, they may not even be green. I'm not quite sure. But if they are, they're subtle. Well, there's nothing subtle about this painting of him. But yeah, basically, I mean, this it, is... it looks great when he's transforming. We, like, especially that shot like, in the dark, you see his eyes just light up. Yeah. That looks really, that's really effective. Yes. Uh, but I see what you mean. And probably might want to try and maintain the consistency. <laughs> like, well, he's got green eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so in the so it's basically Hulk's out and then he does his Hulk shit, which um, basically sort of right, you know sm like smashes one guy against the, against the wall and then basically you got well, Tim Roth doing his military largely, shit. It's largely in the dark. Mm. Um, 
but you do get like big vats being pushed and thrown around. It is dangerous. You could be killed by this thing. Um, but I think I, I think we do hear him speak. He just has to be left alone. He just wants to be left alone. Mm. Um, he manages to get away and basically incapacitate them. And I think he works wakes up in like Bolivia or something. He wakes up over the border somewhere. Um, and that's that. That was the end of our first sort of action sequence. Um, in the before he left Brazil, he well, we find out he was talking to a guy who called himself Mister Blue. And Mister Blue is obviously some scientist who's trying to work with him on the quiet to try and cure him. Mm. So we did try something with like a, a, a serum made out of a flower, basically. Um, and he was told that his gamma levels were down, even though it didn't cure him. Uh, he tried it on his blood, and the, it got overtaken by the sort of green cells, if you like, mm. straight away. So it, there's definitely an urge to get back to the US on the quiet, because they're saying, like, it's too dangerous, but it's the only way I'm going to cure you. I need more of your history. I need samples, you know, and all the rest of it. Mm. He has sent a blood sample, which is how they know the gamma's down. So I guess the next thing is he's trying to get back into the United States. Yeah, so he hitches a ride and we hear the it's the psychot theme. Um, yeah. And we have uh, Ross and uh, Cockney Roth. Uh, <laughs> but, but basically he tries to dismiss, dismiss Roth, doesn't he? He's like, okay, well, you know, we tried. Thank, thanks for your like, time. No, he's I like, know what I saw. Yeah. Uh, and also, he's he's pissed by he's, he's pissed off his career is coming to an end, in terms of being an active soldier, mm. and hence the thirty nine. I think you know that that idea that he'll be over the hill very quickly. So and he, he doesn't think, want to like like an armchair kind of position. He doesn't, or, yeah, he doesn't he, want to be. He, in he always wants position. to be in the action. Yeah, so he says we might be able to do something about that. Mm. So he injects him with a bit of a serum. Which seems to sort of fuck his skeleton a little bit. Just a little bit. Anger well, him a bit. Anger him a they bit. inject it into his bone, that bone marrow as well, so that will play that that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Give it, you know, give it that. Yeah, you know, I suppose you have you would have to do it to for for the frame as well as the the skin tissue. But yeah, it doesn't doesn't sound very wise. You think you would probably want to. Do some checks on his on his uh, mentality first. I know you've worked <laughs> with him for five fucking minutes, <laughs> but anyway, uh, Banner comes back to I don't, I don't even know where it is. Where is that? Saying Culver University here. I'm not quite sure where that is. Actually, not knowing the United States that well, yeah. or not parts of the United States very well. Um, and in fact, it's probably oh, it says Virginia. Okay. All right. So. He's getting he's getting there to try and get some data. He needs some data on the original mm. accident, and that's where Betty works. He's Betty's date Betty's dating Ty, whatever he's called, Ty Burrell. Yeah. Leonard Sampson. Yeah, the, the guy who uh, makes uh, the Blade Runners. Yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Just a joke. Um, it's okay. Yeah. Again, all of these characters have histories we're probably not that aware of. Um, where do we go from there? Well, he goes and um, he goes to uh, Albert Einstein for uh, some shell. <laughs> he is about Einstein for pizza. Yeah. Pizza and advice. It's always an older man running a bar or a fucking restaurant, isn't it? Yeah, it's got a fun fact about him coming up soon. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. As related to previous Hulk iterations. He poses as a pizza guy, doesn't he, to get in. Yeah. That's the, that's the um, Lou Ferrino character. Uh, he gets what he needs, I think. Yeah, he, get, get, he gets the data and then he comes back. The only to find out that, uh, obviously, because they're, 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 they're friends from life, so, so he's friends with Betty as well, the Albert Einstein. Yeah. And they come Oh, yeah, he's with... in the restaurant. Betty's in there with this yeah. guy. He's her guy. And when he moves his head for something, she spots Bruce right in her line of vision. Yeah. But unfortunately, we find out her boyfriend tips off Ross. We don't think we find that out immediately. No, it's it, it's said later on. But it, the boyfriend role is just, you know, it is just kind of really fucking redundant. <laughs> Not necessary at all. He could have been spotted by anyone, couldn't he? But again, yeah. I suppose it's like the, the life moving on without him. And yeah. that's the one he loves. And but with no consequences, because she just goes like one straight to him anyway. So it's like, well, that's, there's no... That's the problem. It's like, well, well, well that's going to be insurmountable for three minutes. Yeah. Until she basically... And plus, he's fine with it as well. He's like, you know... <laughs> yeah, yeah, by, by halfway, halfway through the film, he's like... He's not even yeah. bothered that he's just... It's like, it's like it's like when Bill Pullman's dumped in a film. He's always like, good luck to you. Oh. <laughs> it's like Sleepless in Seattle. She dumps him for someone she's never met. And he's like, good luck to you, more or less. <laughs> so, um yeah, okay, so they they basically corner him at a park at the university, don't they? Yeah, yeah, we'll get into the, the, the next... Um... Next Hulk out. There's not that long before that happens. No. Uh, so, uh, Samson has basically tipped off Ross. Ross has uh, given some serum to Blomsky. Uh, Liv Tyler, uh, Betty Ross, is aware of, uh, of Bruce... And I think she kind of goes towards him on the park, and he knows that the military are there, and just asks her to get out of there. Yeah, yeah, not the most subtle of uh, tactics, is it? <laughs> now, am I am I inclined to believe that it was um, Cockney Roffey who, uh, who acted like rashly? Because Colonel Ross did say like, "Fucking, who's jumped the gun?" Well, they, they, he gets, um, he gets, Bruce gets sort of cornered, well, not cornered, he's in there by himself, but mm. he's locked in to like a glass walkway mm. between two buildings. And this is where the CG really, really is awful. And they fire in some gas and it, and the fear makes him hulk out. So you just see the, you just see the green eyes as the sort of smoke envelops him. And the next thing he you comes. You see bursting. Betty get like attacked, well, getting taken down by shoulders. She, she's like running, yes. trying to run, walk, walk like, or, or or do something. I don't know what. But um, I don't know. I don't know what she was trying to do. She's just trying to stop them. I think. Yeah. There was there was no plan for how to do that. But I remember it. It was in all the trailers. I think of him bursting out of that sort of glass atrium mm. and landing on the floor. And it might as well be a fucking cartoon. It looks terrible. Yeah, CG doesn't look great here, unfortunately. Didn't look good at the time either. It's not just age, it looks shit. I mean, if it was a TV show, then they'll be like, oh wow, this is actually pretty decent, but... There was talk of a TV show for a while. Guillermo del Toro was going to be involved in a TV show. Yeah, And it was going to use this model. They were going to spin it off into a TV show, and they were going to use the sort of properties that Rhythm and Hughes had created. So it would have been 
of this version of the Hulk. On TV, it wouldn't look as bad anyway. And, mm. and not only that, you'd see less of it because it's you know expensive to animate. Um, yeah, I, I just don't like this at all. It just looks unfinished. There's tons of detail there, but it just needs like countless more rendering passes. Mm. And then there's this battle in the sort of field, which is kind of one of the better sequences in the film in that Blomsky is like really balletic and really fast and really agile because of the serum. And I swear it shows it better than Captain America will in three in three films' time. That ability <laughs> that the serum gives you, so that's pretty good. Yeah, like just jumping around. I mean, I think it's shot quite nicely. Like he does have he, he does like move well. Um, yeah. his character, but um... but it all just seems really dumb. You got to quietly take this guy down. He was under orders to fucking trank him first time, mm. and he's in a wide open space. And they've now made him Hulk out. It's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. This yeah, is so silly. Like, the, the military tactics in this film are just is really stupid. It, it, it makes me annoyed for like how military are portrayed. You, yeah, yeah that really surprised me and about it this usually, film, actually. It's usually the case in films. Cause the, the usually portray them as like very gun-ho... Very much done. like just Especially like if they're trying to keep you know if, if trying to keep a, if there's a, a problem, sensitive situation under wraps they go in there all guns blazing it's just like yeah <laughs> and I just think well okay I understand in some instances but re- well, I... realistically I don't think we we would typically see the military act this way um, no I mean I've, no, I've, I've, I've got I've, I've got a friend who's who's known a lot of military people and he's also like worked with them as an adjunct of police work and all the rest of it and he said the thing is you go and watch something like Aliens. And they're all fucking complete meatheads, yeah. and you know they're portrayed that way. To the but you start buying into it, you just think, oh, you know, you just get fucking dumb cabin fodder. And he just said, if you ever work with the military, they're just so phenomenally efficient when they're on any kind of maneuver. Sure, they're all switched it, on. It, it's much more, it's much mm. more zero dark thirty than it is this, mm. certainly. And you know, Blomsky's been brought in as a career military guy who should know fucking better. But I guess, you know, he has to hold out. Yeah, that's what, really, that's what kind of really surprised me. Orders, he should. Yeah. You really should know a lot better, you know, a lot yeah. better than. But the action sequence is pretty good, and, he, and he's ridiculously brave at this point now. He's just throwing himself right into it. Um, Betty gets herself caught in the crossfire. They try and shoot him with this kind of cannon of sound, don't they? Yeah, and again, it's like. Cannon. Like, we spend like about five, min- five minutes of the sequence of them just aimlessly, like firing machine guns on it and I'm thinking surely you'd know this wouldn't work like yeah. I, what, I mean, it's, yeah they literally just fire a barrage of shots at them and it's just like really so it, I mean, yeah. we, we as the audience know like well bullets do fuck all like or, or grenade, grenade launches all, all this kind of like stuff doing that does fucking nothing I mean even when like the idea of rough super soldier going in there like mm. what's he going to do like, he's going to jump around a bit, alright, but he's not going to fucking do anything to it, though, is he? Bear in mind, <laughs> the Hulk has been created in an, in an attempt to recreate the Super Soldier program. Yeah. The idea that you go, well, this is just safe to inject. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is fine. But, but the not point... Really any problem. And he's not, he's not a doctor. He's not like... Uh, sorry, he's not a scientist. No. He's a military guy. So, I mean, had that been one of the people involved in the original experiment and he gone look we gave it he gave himself a massive dose if you tr- start with this we don't think there would be any dangerous side effects then yeah. fair enough but he's just like yeah just inject some into him 
Well, he did say we'll get like a small do- like small dose at first, and we'll see how we go with any side okay, effects. Like, yeah, they do make a but that point. But he just comes off as an idiot, Ross, in this. Whereas in the two thousand and three film, Ross mm. came off as distant. He did come off as you can see why his daughter didn't get on with him, and he came mm. off as um, officious and all about the mission. But he didn't come off. It doesn't surprise me at the end of the film when I see Ross in a bar like a bit pissed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, the, the Sam Shepard version of the character wasn't like that at all. And I do prefer that version, but then maybe this is better suited to this. Possibly. Plot. I mean, this is more popcorn fair type stuff. I think uh, his character here is just probably. He's just got an agenda. He's got. He's, he's, he just wants to see the, the the scientific experiment stuff he was he was doing with get it done, and he's not really thinking about. She put his daughter in hospital as well. He put yeah. his daughter in hospital. So I think there's a bit of like callous rage in it as well. Which wasn't quite the case in Hulk. So I mean it's it's it it's alright and it's a pretty decent action sequence. The CG keeps pulling me out of it because I, I really think it's that bad mm. and maybe I'm overstating it. But the way they have Blomsky move, I always really impressed me. I always liked that. Yeah. even before you had the serum, you had like really good like, you know, efficient type uh yeah. Uh, action to him, but uh, yeah. but but again, it's like, yeah. You know, oh, all right. I buy the stuff before he hulked out by by he gas the thing. Okay, that makes sense because he could pass out and then he can whatever. Yeah. Uh, once he hulks out, what? Where's get get those like sound cannons in because they're the only one. There's there's your best plan there. Why waste time with like, like I know it's fire a bunch of shit at him that won't work? Like, what's the... I, ju- I think it's the whole point of once he's ho- once he hulks out, you've lost. Yeah, you've already seen him once. You saw him down in in that bottling plant. You know how how powerful this thing is. You don't know all the details, but you've had a taste of it. And I just think the whole point is you try and trank him without him knowing. So he's passed out before they, they gas him, which immediately induces fear which means he's more likely to hulk out. Well, maybe they don't know that. They, mm. But they saw him hulk out. He saw it through the night vision goggles. So he knew that you could infer some kind of stress uh, induces this. And I just think, basically, once he hulks out, you've got maybe one shot with the cannons once you realise your guns don't work, and then you're out of there. You, you've got to wait for him to cut, like calm down and go at it another day. Mm. But they just go on and on and on. It ends in an explosion which almost kills Betty and it's only the Hulk that protects And probably kills all the soldiers because that helicopter just crashes and everything. Yeah, so you've got the, yeah, that, that team are dead pretty much. Um, I, must say, I, feel, I feel bad for, for Betty in this film. She doesn't come off. She comes off as a kind of um, a sort of Faye Ray style character. Uh, I mean, she's, a bit of a damsel. Just a little bit. I, I do like Liv Tyler. She's a really good actress. Um, loved her in the Lord of the Rings series brilliant but yeah just in here she's a little bit of a damsel in distress um with, i mean she, there, there's a little bit of agency obviously because she is ross's daughter um and perhaps without her like connections obviously you wouldn't be able to kind of go, go forward um but yeah i do get the impressions of a little bit of damsel in distress sometimes i don't know what to think about that um i, I know that's, that's just my personal feeling i'm probably wrong but that's just what i feel anyway but i mean you're not wrong yeah, i just Tyler's I, a really I, good actor so i like Liv tyler just fine and in fact I've heard reviews on the past, uh, the past that were mocking her, and they were saying like, um, "What did they do to her face?" And I'm thinking, "What are they on about?" Like she was wearing a load of Botox or something. It's, I don't, I don't see it. Liv but, Tyler looks yeah. pretty good in this film. Yeah, I mean, she, she, she looks. I mean, if I could be like misogynistic for just a moment, she looks, you know, pretty fine in that. In you know, yeah, she does. 
Um, but but I, I don't mean that as like um, you know being like really. I what 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 I'm saying is she does have a like she's believable as someone who you would be madly in love with. So for Ed oh, Norton sure. to be like, you know, to be that sort of like distant, and it's like... a different take on the character. I mean, we, I've talked a lot, haven't I, about passive and active sort of actors, mm-hmm. and Jennifer Connelly is is much more of a sort of calm centre. She she suits that whole film. This version of the character is a lot more up and running around and trying to stop things and and all that sort of thing. So maybe a recast works. I don't know. I think the character's a bit wasted, and, I, and we've never seen her again. Mm. Um, and she doesn't even it, see, seem to be Bruce because she's kind of replaced by Black Widow now, yeah, f- so to speak. Yeah. Although even that, you know, there's been very little of that since Age of Ultron. I know. But yeah. I know. It's but, just a bit weird. It's like, well, you know, it's... <laughs> they've written this film out of their own history, really. Mm. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit next week because this this is happening at the same time as Iron Man two, effectively, uh, and we, we we cover that a little bit. We'll cover that a little bit next week. Um, and then enough of the backgrounds given in um, the Avengers film that in some respects it's given you enough of the details from this film that you don't need it really uh, it's a shame but obviously at this point in the film uh, he gets out of there with the Hulk gets out of there with Betty Yeah. and they end up kind of sat in a thunderstorm in like a little cave little cave just, just off where like waterfall or somewhere like that in there. yeah that, that, I've seen that in car. I've seen that in the comic books. It may even be in Hulk Grey, you know, which I've read. I've mm. certainly seen that in a comic book that I've read. It's the Hulk Cave. Um, th- there's a plot point in there where he gets away with Betty, and they're sat there, and he's raging at the weather and stuff like that. Um, it's the only time the Hulk looks okay in animation as well. I must Maybe say, I, I, the... I did. I did quite like how he looked in the scene, for example. He looked pretty good in the rain, didn't he? Yeah, he did definitely. I think, and in, in, in throughout the whole of this film, this is probably the one scene where he actually looks not like a video game character. And he looks I like kind of it's more probably vid- the darkness, you know. like sort of just yeah. kind of covers a bit. Yeah, it seems like he's lit more effectively. And you look different when your your skin looks different when it's wet, anyway. So sure. it's things like that. The very first shot of him in the final battle looks good. The sort of trailer shot and the one that's on the DVD, so that looked all right. But yeah, everything else looks garbage except this scene. And I quite like this scene. It's just a tender moment. I like it. They need, yeah. you know. You, you need time and, and it like gives down, an, it, it gives Betty an understanding mm. as well because the last time she'd seen this creature, it, it put her in hospital. Mm. And, and now it's just saved her. And she she's actually realising that that's, that's Bruce in there. He doesn't want to hurt anything. And, and she's seen him, like, rage at the weather. So there's, like, a mindlessness to the character. So she... I think it, it it is a it is a small piece of character work. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I, I do I do like the scene as well. It's uh, it's it, it it works well. So then they go to a hotel and don't fuck. <laughs> Nearly <laughs> fuck. You can't get too excited. That would be really fucking frustrating, wouldn't it? It has, like, oh, it has to be like the least sexy, sexy scene. <laughs> well, but how 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 fucking over how? the top is his sexual technique? I mean. I've, I'm sure my heart rate's never gone up to 200. I mean, just a tip, possibly. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, how powerfully is he? does he bash away <laughs> to get it up to that? He must be like a Black & Decker fucking... Yeah, but how often does how, how often does everyone have a heart rate of 200 on? I mean... I just... Christ almighty. I mean, we, he hasn't had any for a while, I know. 
But like, surely she could give him a quick handy or something. <laughs> I was going to say there must there must be ways around it. I'm sure. If Clearly you know all way around getting your heart rate <laughs> up to 200 beats per minute during sexual intercourse, write to us and expect us to talk at gmail.com. <laughs> hey, does, does this work the same way when he, like, when he masturbates? I don't know. <laughs> it, I mean, why is this guy not in a permanently shit mood? <laughs> definitely why, why is he not, like, a permanent erection? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, he just, like, gets on a bus, you know, gets on a bus or in the back of a cab an immediate stiffy. <laughs> Because <laughs> it moved, moved a certain it way. Moved a tiny bit. Yeah, like in this film, there is a running joke about having to buy like the stretchiest pants. I wonder about his underwear. Well, I just think like you know they must in, in that cab they must go past like a bra advert or something on the fucking billboard. And he immediately shoots in his pants. This guy has not had any sexual contact of any type in at least five years. No. <laughs> because apparently his technique is so athletic, his heart rate goes up to 200 beats per minute. Wow. <laughs> it's bizarre how he's not got a queue of ladies working around the, com- you know, working around the corner. Fuck it. <laughs> I don't quite buy that, but he doesn't. They, they, they're still the regard for each other. They buy clothes and all the rest of it. She cuts his hair. That's, that's a little bit like the Terminator when they're on the run. Just staying in these little motels and stuff. <clears throat> Yeah, there is, there is probably more character work with these lot than um, than there is actual development. There's no actual journey well, to go on, really. But there's but you you do get like a sense to be with them more often, don't you? Yeah. Now I think this is probably sort of because this is a sort of lull between the sort of action pieces and plot pieces. Of course, probably a good time to talk about why Edward Norton uh, isn't in these films anymore. And you mentioning another cut uh, made me think about that Edward Norton there was a big fight over he refused to promote this film at all as far as I recall and um, there were talk at the time that there was a lot of debate over cut over the cuts of the film Edward Norton was involved in writing some of this and rewriting some of it and apparently he was cutting his own version and it was just he wanted the longer version that had there's this kind of a, a, a cut suicide sequence in it that refer, is referred to by Ruffalo in a later film where he says, I shot myself and the other guy spat the bullet out. That scene was in this film. He's in, in ice somewhere and he goes to try and end it. And of course, it just makes him hulk out. And um, it's so he wasn't necessary. So I think he thought he was important. You know, he was the leading man, new franchise, was involved in writing thought he could like get involved in cutting it very like i mean american history x has a very similar sort of history where like he fell out with the director and stuff and debates over all the rest of it anyway they carry on and a couple of years later um there was talk that they were in talks with him to get him into the avengers and they put out a statement they suddenly stopped negotiating and Kevin Feige uh, put out this statement. It says, we have made the decision to not bring Edward Norton back to portray the title role of Bruce Banner in The Avengers. Our decision is definitely not one based on monetary factors, but instead rooted in the need for an actor who embodies the creativity and collaborative spirit of our other talented cast members. The Avengers demand players who thrive working as part of an ensemble as evidenced by Robert, Chris H, Chris E, Sam Scarlett, and all of our talented cast, we are looking to announce a name actor who fulfills these requirements and is passionate about the iconic role in the coming weeks. 
that's a bit of a fucking burn, isn't it, to say the least? Yeah, you're not a team player, basically. That's right. basically what you're saying. Now, the next quote, the quote in reply is a bit long, but I will read it also forward on a minute if you don't want to hear this, listeners. But uh, the agency that represented replied. And they said, this offensive statement from Kevin Feige at Marvel is a purposefully misleading, inappropriate attempt to paint our client in a negative light. Here are the facts. Two months ago, Kevin called me and said he wanted Edward to reprise the role of Bruce Banner in The Avengers. He told me it would be his fantasy, don't believe that, to bring Edward on stage with the rest of the cast at Comic-Con and make it the event of the convention. When I said that Edward was definitely open to this idea, Kevin was very excited and we agreed that Edward should meet with Joss Whedon to discuss the project. Edward and Joss had a very good meeting, confirmed by Feige to me, at which Edward said he was enthusiastic at the prospect of being part of the ensemble cast. Marvel subsequently made him a financial offer to be in the film and both sides started negotiating in good faith. This past Wednesday, after several weeks of civil, uncontentious discussions, but before we had come to terms on a deal, a representative from Marvel called to say they decided to go in another direction with the part. This seemed to us to be a financial decision, but whatever the case, it's completely their prerogative, and we accepted their decision with no hard feelings. We know a lot of fans have voiced their public disappointment with this result, but this is no excuse for Feige's mean-spirited accusatory comments. Counter to what Kevin implies here, Edward was looking forward to the opportunity to work with Joss and the other actors in the Avengers cast, many of whom were personal friends of his. Feige's statement is unprofessional, disingenuous and clearly defamatory. Mr Norton's talent, Mr. Norton's talent, timeless work ethic and professional integrity deserve more respect and so do Marvel's fans. So it got rather nasty. Mm, One more quote, and then I'll stop uh, bothering you with the long quotes. But about four years later, he was asked about it again. Um, Edward Norton or Kevin Feige? Edward Norton. And he said, uh, my feeling was that I experimented and experienced what I wanted to. I really, really enjoyed it. And yet I look at the balance of time in life that one spends, not only on making these sorts of films, but especially putting them out and the obligations that rightly come with that. He went on to say that he wanted more diversity with his career, pointing out that the schedules for films he's appeared in recently, including Moonrise Kingdom, The Grand Budapest Hotel and Birdman, would have conflicted with the Avengers films. He added that he didn't want to be associated with just one iconic character. He went on to say, I think you can do sort, sort of do anything once, but if you do it too many times, it becomes a suit that's hard to take off in other people's eyes. So that's all the different sides. Now, you've got to remember, around 2010... We'd had a recast of Rhodey as well. Mm. Yes. So it so it did come off that like Marvel were just lowballing everyone, and it and also Kevin Feige has always come off as really personable. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know him at the time, and suddenly putting out quotes saying he's not a team player, I just thought that's so unprofessional. It does um, sound very dodgy. I don't know what to think, but certainly they did not love Edward Norton. <laughs> mm. And no. he, wants, he wanted to cut the film himself, and it might be possible he was asking for more money than they wanted to pay. Well, he, he didn't have it. He doesn't... Um, start again. Um, he's kind of known for rewriting a lot of the films that he starred in. Um, but for this one, like he actually kind of lobbied, because he, he rewrote like, you know, numerous drafts of the script, um, and he lobbied to have you know, the written writer's credit on this, but you know, that only went to, to Zach Penn in the end. Um, it's just one of those things, you know, he, did, he does have quite... Um, I don't know. He usually has quite um, a considerable creative input in the films that he works in. Not you know, not only in front of the camera, but I, I think yeah, there's a lot of creative clashes on this film as well. 
Yeah. So so he just likes to kind of be <coughs> a bit involved, and it's like Marvel probably thought they probably thought no, rather not have someone who wants to be uh, like an actor to be that involved in whenever whatever we decide to do. So let's just recast. We'll never know the truth of it, but the quotes I read you there, certainly the first two, do not uh, suggest it was a happy party. And hmm. um, we know that he was arguing over Final Cut to the degree that he didn't get that involved in promotion of the film. No. Now, if they did start negotiating with him in 2010, what happened in those negotiations? Certainly that it led to them putting out a statement saying, we want a team player. You know, so I don't know. What was he asking for? We'll, we'll never know now. Um, but then there are directors like Wes Anderson and others who work with him again and again. So yeah. we've got to be a bit careful about defaming Edward Norton there because he, he does work with people multiple times. Well, you never know, do you? you, you that, that's the thing, you never know what happens. I mean, it could just be from a bad experience for yeah. whatever reason, and then yeah. that's it. It's like, it's, like, it's, like, it's like the thing that Val Kilmer is uh, really difficult to work with. Um, the but you hear that from multiple people, to be fair. Do you? Yeah. But oh, then we'll talk... We'll talk about that, that on... Yeah. No, there's no series with Val Kilmer in I can think of. <laughs> We've done the only mm, possible one with Batman. <laughs> Maybe. All right. So, yeah, but, I mean, he has worked with Wes Anderson three three or four times. Um, so, I don't know. But certainly, you know, I thought just... There's kind of a lull in the film here, and I just thought there wasn't going to be an obvious place at the end of the episode, really. The only other place to talk about it would have been when we got to the Avengers and that that's a big film with a lot of characters in it. So I didn't want to waste too much time on the whole. Yeah. But so, uh, yeah, so they head for New York now. And this is New to York. meet, this is to meet Dr. Samuel Stearns. Yeah. I mean, they get in a, a, a cab that, that, that drives recklessly. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm surprised to be able to drive that fast in, in the middle of New York. Well, <laughs> having having been there, you don't have a very high average speed in most places. No, do you? Um, I'm pretty sure yeah. I'll be pulled over by the police as well. But uh, it, Again, does, it, it, it does lead to a funny joke where, where Betty's dead angry, and he, I've got some good techniques to. Yeah, well, I did like the bit where they want to get. She wants to get the subway, and he's like me in a metal box with you know. Yeah. <laughs> with... Um, Surrounded by a bunch of people in probably the most uh, yeah, and the, and the most city. high high stress aggressive yeah. city in the world. Yeah. Okay, get a taxi. So they hit they hit to meet Samuel Stearns, who's who I did actually know from the cartoon. He he became the leader, another another character with um, sort of a gamma thing, but he was green with like a massive brain, effectively. Um, there's hints of it at the end of this film, but obviously we we'll never, saw never it see him again. We'll see him again now. It's been ten years, and they're going to suddenly bring the character back now. Even if that would be amazing, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's um, he's actually when they get there, they realise that um, they realise after well, let's let's do a deal with the antidote first. They meet him, um, and they they do a test. Where they basically try and induce a Hulk out and then mm. reverse it, and they do. And Leterrier here referenced an American werewolf in London. Yes, Pat particularly with like the, where the way the shoulder comes out and appears to almost dislocate. It, he said when you watch an American werewolf in London, he said some of the sounds they put on were like bone stretching and breaking and stuff like that. And he wanted that. It's actually not a bad effect. Him sort of part hulking out. 
and then sort of calming down. That looks all right. But then we realize he's got a ton of blood there. He's basically synthesized samples into, you know, basically to make more of it, which is a little bit of a worry. And Banner basically wants to wants to destroy that. Oh, the other thing is, Blonsky was kicked against the tree, wasn't he, at the end yeah. of that battle? Yes. Um, yes. Another thing, with, yeah, absolutely, they thought he was, like, fucked. He was in traction and all sorts. But he, like, recovers in a couple of days because of the super soldier serum. And they basically join up to go to New York to um, try and take down the Hulk, basically, mm. the third time of asking. And uh, uh, he's looking so- a little bit more like... He's just... starting to look. He's starting to look unwell, and his mm. and his spine is poking out slightly. Um, although not when he's dressed, you just see him when he's looking in the mirror later on. He doesn't look well, and his his temperament's gone as well. He's he's kind of a bit ruthless at this point. With with not very well that line dialogue really, just like how do you feel like a monster. Yeah, like an abomination, I think. Oh, no, no, Stone yeah, says Yeah, it is for like a monster, doesn't no, it? But no, but yeah, that does come Stone later with... Uh... It, could be, it could be an abomination. Yeah, yeah. which is like... Yeah. Uh-uh. Well, I don't think he's called that by name, is he? I think that's just what he's known no. as. I don't... I think I remember I read about that in like Empire, a total film, one of those magazines. I don't think he's actually called it by name. They find a way now, I think. I think they're, they're less inclined to... Um... To sort of hide comic book origins and that it's like Catwoman wasn't called Catwoman in the Nolan films and stuff like no. that. It's Nolan. Um, yeah, so they they basically break in there. They know where he is, and they do finally do what they were trying to do the first time, which is just to tranquilize Bruce. So he and Betty are taken in, but in the interim, Blomsky has spotted all this blood hmm. and knows what it is and knows what it can do. And basically demands that he's given a shot of it, and so yeah. that's he's the gone final turn. Full insane. He's gone full insane. Gets basically uh, filled with it all, and we see that his spine come out into the abomination, and it's a horrible effect again. Just looks really shiny. It's like episode two, something like that. It's it really sh- even worse than. Looks terrible, but he's he's transformed into this thing that's like eleven foot tall, bigger than the Hulk, and then goes on a rampage through New York. I don't know what his goals are here. All right, he wants to be a fighting machine, but what is this? He's become. Yeah, I, I, I don't really get why he wants to do it. His motivation. I think I think the impression that he's just getting insane, just getting fueled by rage and desire of like power of. Just wants whatever, to be a super soldier. Whatever the serum is, it's like. There's references of, of like you know there's it's almost like godlike and it's just that that drunk on that what wanting more of this whatever it's he's, he's just hooked on it yeah I think like, that's what it is because he's like oh give me that I want to be that and it's like okay and he's not well, even that... thinking no. relatively speaking no, he just dri- drives him around the bend slowly yeah you know he's like he's just full of just like I just want to fight you know it, you know he, he's he's driven by his um, desire to basically fight the Hulk he like you know he's like he's, he's ticked off that he's that he's like best him like once and twice now he wants to go again and you're like no I want to have him uh, so he just felt like he just needs to fight really and that's all there is but right. not brilliant is it no well no I mean the, the film doesn't do enough to kind of justify too much I mean really I've got I mean it's I got can... a short running time it's another one of those films that actually would 
breathe a bit better with a few more scenes. Which yeah. I think is what Ed Norton was arguing, to be fair. He wanted a longer cut of this. Yeah. He just said all, all the character work and, and stuff's being cut out of it was what I was hearing. And he's sort of right, actually. Yeah. Now, that's I mean, I, I, would, I would have liked an actual plot for the characters, but... Um, yeah. But the problem with Hulk is I can't think of what he can do with the character in isolation. No. Other than, like, an origin story than about something about someone who's dealing with their anger. Uh, but... Yeah. The last thing we see of Stearns, he gets a bit of a cut, a bit of the blood into a wound on his head from where he's been attacked by Blonsky, and uh, he starts to mutate as well, but we don't see... That's just a little teaser of potentially the leader in a future film, but obviously that never happened. Uh, at the same time, uh, they're flying away in, in kind of a plane or a helicopter or whatever it is. Uh, yeah, it's a helicopter. Yeah. Uh, Betty and, and uh, Bruce... Uh, but of course they see what's happening on the ground and they're getting reports in of, of this sort of thing yeah you have to military off. doing what they normally do in these films and just, firing well, uh, yeah, missiles just, just, you, yeah. think, you think priority one would be like okay well let's uh, let's evacuate people evacuate yeah. evacuate, yeah, evacuate. Or, or, let's, or, let's, or let's drive them away from the public into like an isolated area or something but no, no we'll the, just funny, fire the funniest military reaction in a film was I think Fast 7 was it Fast 7 or Fast 8? Fast 8. Fast 7 it was. Where there was like vehicular warfare in downtown oh, yeah. LA. And yeah. the military reaction was not to go out at all. <laughs> they were like, looks like these guys have got it. <laughs> They've got it already covered. Um, yeah, so... So, should we go there, though? Vin Diesel's in his car. All right, well, he's got it sorted. No, 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 no. I'm sure, I'm sure The Rock's going to like rip, rip his uh, cast off and... You know, <laughs> rip a gun out from fucking. <laughs> He's got it. Fine. <laughs> I just love that the press are reporting on it, and no one's doing anything. No police. No fucking military. No nothing. I turned to my friend in the cinema. Why have they not scrambled the military? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, he basically wants to go down and try to fight this thing. They're like Bruce. You don't even know if you've been cured. We've stopped a Hulk out. You may not transform. He's eventually released to do it. He jumps off the back of the helicopter, uh, doesn't transform in midair, but obviously, and then hits the ground hard, and obviously clearly transforms. Then I think this scene, I really like the scene concept. Uh, I think it's completely rushed here. Uh, just you, you think about like, how what this scene could have been. This could could have been like a really sort of tense, sort of really sort of almost like powerful. Like I'm, I'm literally risking my life. It's do or die. Like yeah. I would jump off. You know, it, I don't. I don't know if it'll happen, but I have to. He wanted us. Another thing, Norton wanted a bit more of a monologue there, apparently. Yeah. Um, and it does become. I've got a Betty. I've got to so try. Basically, saying Norton was right about it. Really. Well, we don't know what his version would look like, but every time I hear something he said, and now we're reviewing it, I'm thinking my idea of where you fix it is exactly what he said. <laughs> you know, and the whole thing where they got him Or the very least, it's, a... it's not going to harm it to at least try, like, have whatever he, his idea was. Yeah, it was just like... Uh, yeah, I mean, even the, the suicide scene, I think that should have been in there for, for his desperation. Mm. But it, do, it does make sense, like the, like, the whole suicide bit where he... Particularly when he when he sort of lands on the floor here, 
it kind of like the whole kits in when he needs it to. It's like it could be instantaneous. But the point is, Leterrier said they cut out that suicide scene because they've got something like it at the end of the film, and I'm going, no, you haven't. Yeah. He's not trying to commit suicide here. He's trying to scare himself into hulking out. Maybe it was brevity at the end of it. I think it was just studio. They wanted to keep it short. They weren't sure. You were saying, no, too expensive. Well, they, I think they shot quite a lot of it, and that suicide scene was from the Hulk's perspective anyway. So you didn't see or Banner in the Hulk's perspective, so you didn't oh. see anything effects. Plus, it's quite a sensitive subject anyway. So maybe they thought, hmm. Well, they shot it. Yeah, to appease the sensors, and maybe just for budgetary reasons, they decided to leave it out. Uh, that's yeah. quite. Except maybe sensors got involved with it. You never know. You know what the. Yeah, possibly. Possibly. I was yeah. thinking, why would have the sensors have a problem? But then we're talking PG thirteen, aren't we? So I don't know. This is it. Yeah, you've got to secure bombs on seats. You can't yeah. have anything higher than a twelve or I an R rating. We are, suspect, we are quite I... strict. I forgot what they call it. The um, MPAA. 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 They are like really, really can be really, really strict. Um, yeah. Really annoying. For, but... All America. All, all to any American listeners, move over here. All our films have non-stop arcing ropes of jism. <laughs> Well, most of them. All right, I, all right. I might, I might be overselling our <laughs> the BBFC there. Um, yeah, the, the he when he comes out of that sort of hole in the ground and just basically roars. That's the only other shot in the film where I think the Hulk looks all right. Oh yeah, that's quite a good scene as well. Yeah. Yeah, it looks quite good there. And then you have two, you know, computer generated characters just fighting, having a smackdown. And we're not we're not get, we're not convinced either of them can be like in any way fatally hurt. So but don't we really see, matter. We see the Hulk smash, don't we? Well, this is like a problem with Marvel generally, though, isn't it? Really? What the what the third act action? Yeah, the oh, the, just like the two characters who can't really be fatally hurt that much. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, no, but no, yeah, no, no, no I gather that. But I, I didn't feel any peril here. You want to like feel peril, even though. If you thought about it for a moment, they'll I, be fine. I felt more powerful, like any possible people who might be in the way. Yeah. You know, I, I, that's always a thing I always think of. I always think, but what about any innocent bystanders? But you know, people are in that building, or yeah, or whoever. I always think, oh my god, this would be awful. But the film never, but the films never really focus on any of that. Not but, really, no. It, it it's okay, but the problem is there were bits. Of, I mean, particularly, I noticed it again. I keep on about the CG. But when he was sort of sat effectively on top of the abomination, just smacking him and smacking him with the halves of the taxi cab, and then that all sort of breaks up, and then he's just punching him repeatedly. They both look ridiculously shiny. It just looks unfinished. It doesn't look properly rendered. I just, I just didn't like it. I just, Mm. I kept getting taken up by out of it by how bad it looked. And when I knew he was coming back in the Avengers, I thought, oh, how bad's this going to look? And then, of course, they got ILM involved. And it was like, thankfully, this looks all right now. Um, but, yeah, so all of this is just it's just an action scene to finish off a film, isn't it? Pretty much. Uh, there's not much to it. Um... There's a bit of, They try and put a bit of quasi-danger in it because the, um, the helicopter comes down as well and uh, something gets thrown at it and it comes down and it sort of catches fire and... All that That's shit. pretty cool. The Hulk clap, putting him out with putting him out yeah. with his clap. Yeah. Um, and then what does he do? He effectively strangles the abomination till he kind of passes out, doesn't he? With with um, uh, a chain. Mm. That's it. That's it. He has a moment with Betty, 
think he might say the word Betty as well. I'm not sure. Might be getting confused with the Ang Lee Hulk there. And then he's still on the run. Again, very like like the TV show, but with a budget. In the TV show, there is no budget. So Bruce Lee leaving town, well, David in this TV show, was just Bill Bixby walking down the street. Here it's the Hulk like running off. And he's in a, a more, you know, calmer climate. Not in a, <laughs> it's in a more rural setting. Uh, North America. It goes to um, British Columbia in Canada, which is where I said he should have fucking gone to in the first place. Oh, there you are, then. Yeah. Um, and he's just living out in some woodlands. You see him having a bit of a run. Mm. Um, and he's got a letter from Betty, so they're still in contact. And I forget what it is she sent him. Yeah, well, she he, sent... he sends him the, the necklace that they sold off to, yeah. to get it's, the short. So he finds yeah. it and sends it back to her. Okay. And then we see him on the floor in kind of a yoga pose. Yeah. Days without incident, and it's been, I think it was 11 when they were in New York. At this point, I think it's like 41 or something. So I can't remember now. Yeah. But there's a certain number of days, could be any number to be honest, I can't remember. And he opens his eyes, they're green, and it goes he back to the smiles. Which yeah. means, to, which meant, which was a bit confusing. I, you're, spo- like... you're supposed to imply he's got control of it now. He can yeah. Hulk out as he wants. And actually, when we get to the Avengers, if he's in control of the Hulk out, he's in control of the Hulk effectively. Whereas when he hulks out under stress at the start of that film, he's a he's he is dangerous then. Yeah. So I guess that's where they were going with this. I get. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they do explain. I, I think jumping to jump, jump into Avengers, I think it probably depends on how he hulks out. If he if he yeah, that's if, what I'm getting. At. Yeah, yeah. Like if if he if he gets out naturally like, out of control at like rage, like yeah, and then. Which bothered me in Age of Ultron when, like, Black Widow kicks him off something and you just think, he should be fucking mental, going mental. <laughs> um, and then we cut straight to the well, the post credit scene is pre-credits here. It's Tony Stark going up to Ross in a bar and just telling him a team's being put We're together to, team to together. deal with this problem. This has been retconned because originally this was meant to be Tony referring to the Hulk. It's been retconned that he's referring to the Abomination now. The reason being, one of the original thoughts on what the Avengers would, would do would be take, trying to take down an out-of-control Hulk. That was that was an idea before Whedon came on and wrote it. So that's what that sort of scene's about. But again, it's another tease that we might be getting a universe here. Yeah, so... All right, so... Because when I saw it originally, like, back in the day, I assumed they were referring to the Hulk or at least something relating to... about the Hulk... Yeah, they were. But they I, didn't, were. I didn't know there was actually you know, oh, you know that about that really out of control thing you made. <laughs> you made. Yeah, yeah it we, was. We just they, still, that. they still hadn't captured him at this point. He got away. Right. So he's going in, and I think the idea was it could be an out of control Hulk as the antagonist in the Avengers. Yeah. And now they've changed their mind. You can retcon that dialogue that he was talking about the abomination or the super soldier serum or whatever you need it to be. Really, you got a yeah. problem. You can help. So, yeah. And that's it. The Incredible Hulk. Was it incredible? Well, you tell us first, Becca. <laughs> yes and no. Um, the visuals are incredibly shocking in some parts. Um, I can say, yeah, I've, I did enjoy this film up until about the halfway mark. Um, and then it really started to slide away. Um, yeah, my biggest problem was Liv Tyler in this film um, and, and the graphics. But, and also the portrayal of the military. I was like, what? But yeah, for me, 
not so incredible, unfortunately, but marginally better than Ang Lee effort a few years prior. Would you have wanted to see a sequel? I mean, if they tidied up the CG, say this had done really well, and they could do a few more rendering passes, would you have been interested to see where the character went next? In possibly. A possibly. I'm still surprised there hasn't been... Um, Sorry, it's, it's getting it's failing me now. Um, I'm so surprised there hasn't been another Hulk movie. Obviously, we've seen um, Ruffalo more involved, you know, in the Avengers films and everything. But I'm still surprised we haven't seen him in a standalone Hulk film. Universal still have distribution rights. Mm, of they course. don't own it. Marvel own the character, but Universal have distribution rights. Which course. is interesting, given all all the other characters and and stories that have come out since there still hasn't been another Hulk film but I'm, I'm sure there's, there's one in the pipeline probably my, my problem is I, I wouldn't know what you'd do with him though I, mean, I, re- I do struggle to think where, where you would go with I think pretty much they've done most of it I don't know if they delve into the comics and you either have him, have, him, have him as a character who's part of the world amongst others or you do go the TV show route and have it like there's a She-Hulk character as well why haven't we seen her yet they do at some point. That's his cousin. He gives her a, hmm. he gives her like a blood transfusion or something, and yeah. she, she she's permanently in the She-Hulk character. I'm sure. We'll, yeah, I don't know if that would. Here, but... I don't know if that would work live action. But then I've thought that about a number of things, like a talking raccoon, um, and then <laughs> well, it's, ended, it. it's now, ended up. So never write. He's off the most off. iconic character, you know. Well, especially yeah. now, especially now, this seems you know ripe for female superheroes. Yeah. Um, and, and female characters who are the front and centre the main characters, main agency in their films surely not you know, the time is right for a they, She-Hulk film they, they've got hundreds of characters, that's the problem exactly so they have, they just don't have time to do it, everything but um, yeah, what do you think Chris, anyway uh, I'm pretty much the, the same as a, as a thought really I mean, it, I, I, I do enjoy it I mean, I watched it twice and it's, it's a perfectly fine, easy watch um I think some of the action's actually pretty decent. It's just uh, I just think it just lacks that depth and the the reason to care really. I mean, you could quite easily sort of be distracted from it and not really care too much. But but you know what? Everyone's fine in the film, as, as you say. I mean, the, I think the cast is all rock solid and 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 do an admirable job. Um, and it, it ticks by. I just wish it had more meat on the bones, but. To answer the question whether I would see an actual um, Hulk, like standalone Hulk movie, like with Edward Norton or Mark Ruffalo, um, why not? I'd be perfectly happy to see anything, really. I mean, I just, I just would go in hoping that the that they had something to offer. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just, I really, uh, green filters are a bad idea. Your main character can be green, that's absolutely fine. But green, fil- green filters, we saw this with Star Trek Nemesis, they just make it look sickly. And they make everyone look a bit unwell. You know, They used to use a grit on the British version of The Office, the original version, the Gareth character, which is Dwight in the American, effectively. Um, they used to put a green filter on every one of his talking heads sequences because they wanted him to look a bit sickly. Um, and it, it does have that effect. It, it got on my tits in the Matrix. It got on my nerves in the last Next Generation film. And I don't like it here. It makes it quite an ugly film. And, and Ang Lee didn't do that. Ang Lee's film looked better, frankly. Look, but looked better. It's a film that. I mean, Hulk wasn't the greatest film in the world, but it had some ambition. This really has none. It's too short as well. I'm, 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 I'm really. I don't like overlong running times for the sake of it. 
but I also don't like over short running times for the sake of it. You know, Spectre didn't need to be two and a half hours, but fucking Quantum of Solace needed to be a longer longer than an hour and three quarters. This film doesn't need to be two and a half hours, but it needs another 20 minutes. It just does, you know, because we talked through the actual detail of the film in no time at all, really. There wasn't a lot there. As a little homage to the TV show in its way, I quite like that. I, I like Edward Norton in it. I like Mark Ruffalo as an actor more anyway, but, I mean, they're both perfectly valid takes and both perfectly good actors, so if it was Edward Norton in the um, in the Avengers now, I'd be fine with that. The look of this film is what I struggle with as much as anything else. I think the CG's horrendous. I think it was horrendous at the time. People who say, oh, it looks way, but at least it looks better than that Ang Lee one. I don't know what you're talking about. I really don't. It, I, I'm talk, I'm not talking character design, by the way. If you're telling me, like, you know, the size of the Ang Lee Hulk or the colour they chose for the Hulk or the, you know, facial design or anything, that's a different argument. I'm talking about the quality of the work. Uh, it, this looks unfinished. Do you think that that do you think that generally that um, that opinion tends to sort of echo the, the the kind of like it's either all all this or all that you know? Yeah, I think it... so. I think so because you can make an argument for this Hulk because there's a lot more detail in it. There is, there's, oh, there's, definitely. You know, there's there's more musculature. And you can sort of see tendons and in, in places. And you can sort of see um, you can see sort of veins and all that. There was none of that in the Ang Lee Hulk because they just didn't have the ability of time or you know processing power to put that much detail in it i'm just literally talking that that hulk is stood in a physical space and i believe that's a creature that's there except the shorts which do look awful but this hulk doesn't look there it just looks like it looks like a cartoon i think it's pretty awful um and they've just rushed through it and it doesn't have those marvel touches of an awful lot of humor either and so I've been way too harsh on it, actually, because it's perfectly fine as like an update of the TV show. And I'd almost rather, if the Marvel Cinematic Universe hadn't happened, I'd rather this had like spun off into TV or something, you know, where you'd, like they did with Fame or something, where you recast some of the major characters, keep the ones that are willing to do it, and run it off that way. Because this take on the Hulk is much more suited to that episodic turn up somewhere, just like the TV show. Yeah. Um, overall it's it's rather forgettable and i didn't have a great time with it this time and I've, I've normally quite liked it and i liked it when it came out i think i think it's look and feel i think it's just look and feel everything's bathed in this horrible green and the cg's awful and then rush through this rather perfunctory plot that you did you do as well just covering in little bits like we see some of the outcome of what's going on in that park in iron man 2 we get a couple of drop lines from uh, ruffalo in the avengers and we see what the super soldier suit serum is in captain america so in some respects you don't really need this film that said don't skip it it's, it's perfectly watchable uh, it's not a difficult watch uh the first 20 minutes are the best of the film actually when you figure out who he is where he is and you actually root for the character hard enough that you don't want him to hulk out when you've gone to see a film to watch the Hulk. That's actually pretty decent filmmaking. Thereafter, not so much. And uh, so there we are. Um, though, to be honest, Dave, I feel a little bit informed, uninformed. Yeah, I do. I think that's probably because there's nothing happening in this film, so there's probably not much to know. But Becca can prove us wrong, I'm sure. Well, I did try my best. 
<laughs> well, that sounds promising. Oh dear. At one point, I did kind of thought, oh, I did kind of think, oh, let's try and find some fun facts about all the various countries that he visited. But then I thought, no. Um, so yeah, fun fact number one, um, as we mentioned earlier, Paul Souls plays Stanley, the pizza shop owner, um, voiced Bruce Banner in the 1960s cartoon version of The Hulk. I didn't know that. Um, awesome. That's where Amazon Prime really comes into its own. Yes, of course, you get all the facts. So thank you both. Um, that and plus my friend who's a Hawk fan was like oh you should add this this and this and I was like oh thank you so I just borrow your brain um, so the Hawk isn't the only green thing about this film it is also um, part of um, Toronto's green screen initiative to help reduce carbon emissions and to encourage film productions to stop being so messy generally so basically it's a carbon neutral deal yeah they try to make carbon neutral obviously a lot of recycled goods um, sustainably um, sourced well the Hulk did smash items. up a lot of cars those people probably had to get the bus after that well they did you know this is it <laughs> <laughs> did his bit for public transport reusable batteries yeah public transport definitely um, hybrid cars we use so a lot of the, the um, army and military vehicles but were hybrids um, and this is you know going back 10 years ago now so it's the technology is kind of just coming through so it's not kind of quite where it is at the moment um so it's all kind of you know fairly new but yeah it's all part of a plan um to encourage film production units to not be so messy um fun fact number three this is the only um marvel phase one film not to have nick fury appear in person i think you see his name his name right at the start but we don't see him anywhere throughout the film um Fun fact number four, as you mentioned, the Lonely Man theme from the 70s TV series can be heard various points throughout this film. Um, and my fifth and final fun fact before I all melt in the heat, because it's quite warm in England at the moment. Um, apparently the Hulk was originally grey, but due to problems with um, with the grey colouring in the comic, um, he became green, which I didn't know about. <laughs> so that's quite interesting. They couldn't get the, the, the grey to be consistent from panel to panel and page to page. Right, okay. So that, that's what it was. And now they've so kind of retconned that now, that, like, he started off grey the first few times he, like, changed. You can get a comic book that I've read called Hulk Grey. Um, and also there is a version of the character, because the, the Hulk can sort of Hulk out into different ways. The Hulk we know is the, kind of the savage Hulk, mm -hmm. but there is a grey Hulk as well that's a, bit, a little bit smaller, a little bit smarter and not quite as strong. But, yeah, um, the, the whole green was... they, they, they saw the first few episodes and just said this isn't going to work. I wonder, are they going to incorporate that into other films? Because obviously in um, the, the Civil War, not Civil War, I think the recent heading... Avengers film, obviously now where he can't manifest, spoiler alert if you've not seen it, um, you know, he, can't, he really struggles to manifest Hulk. I wonder if it will suddenly sort of come out, there'll be this I other, other Hulk. Towards the, I think he's heading to the sort of the, the sort of professor version of the character, which is... Um, ah. There is a smarter version of him, but I'm not an expert, as will have been like um, very obvious tonight with characters I don't wildly know. No, but you, that you, well you grew stuff. up with the series, though. It's, it's but like none of that era. was in the TV series. The TV series was was a complete. I mean, bullets went through him in the TV series and stuff. He was a much much downpowered version of the character, uh -huh. so it was different. But yeah, you, you the the version we know is one is one take on the Hulk, but not the only take on the Hulk. That's my fun facts about the not so incredible, incredible Hulk. The average Hulk. Uh, the average Hulk. 
Yeah, I didn't find any of it that incredible, to be fair. But it, it's not a bad film. It, it is not a bad film. It's it's not. You know, we'll, we'll review not worse. Edward Snowden. We have reviewed I think, worse. I, th- I think we will review worse. I think we may even review worse in this series. It really depends on how you how you judge the films against what they're trying to achieve and and what they're part of. Because certainly, having watched this tonight, I'm kind of looking forward to moving on to the next film. But that massively sort of shit the bed in trying to like trail the Avengers and stuff. And so in some respects, this is a much more cohesive film. How I'll rank them at the end, I don't know yet. But it's not great. It's one of those things, isn't it, where they kind of have to have to lay breadcrumbs. Um, and I'm pretty sure, you know... Yeah, they, they, laid, out, they laid loads of bread in, in that film. That was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> it's assembling them all together. You know, it's kind of... Get, you, but, know. you know, you learn as you go along. That's the thing. This is it. This is it. Yeah, this yeah, this is the second movie. Next week's the third movie. It's still finding its way. I think by the time it gets to Avengers, it it's fully confident about what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, phase Phase Two is of a consistently generally higher standard as well. Um, not. I don't even know if I mean higher standards in terms of ranking the films, but you can feel they figured out what they're doing. That's all I mean. Mm. But um, there you go, social media, folks. Oh, you can find me at Cinematrucks uh, on Twitter. You can find this podcast or the or the older episodes at uh, Cinematrucks.co.uk. You can find me at PastyKid1976 on Twitter. And you can follow us on Twitter at Expect As A Talk. Um, you can Yay, also find us on Facebook. Yeah, at last, we're finally back. Oh my God. After being underage for a little bit. Although by the time you hear this, listeners, we've been back about two weeks, so I wouldn't go to <laughs> It's not new. But I'm still quite excited. Yeah, at last we are back on Twitter, um, and you can also find us on not Facebook. Not Bruce Banner excited, I hope, but... No, we, we did try not to get too excited. <laughs> still have some sexy times, but it's not that sexy. Um, yeah, so also, yeah, Facebook, um, type in Do Expect Us to Talk, you can find us on there. Also, the same with YouTube. If you go up to the top and type in Do Expect Us to Talk, you can find all our videos on there, even though you might actually see us. Ha ha ha. Stitcher, we're on Stitcher as well. iTunes, if you type in Do Expect Us to Talk on iTunes, and then please leave us a glowing review. Helps us to rank higher and attract more of the lovely listen type people. Um, and should you wish, you can also drop us an email, expectustalk at gmail.com. But if you are a Nigerian prince wanting to offload millions and millions of pounds, no thank you. <laughs> Send it to Dave. I don't think Nigeria has royalty, so that's the thing. No, we always get some dodgy email saying, hello, I am Prince blah 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 blah. From... I'd never get one from Prince. <laughs> or from beyond the grave. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, you're from beyond the grave. And there's Patreon for anyone who wants to throw us a dime. Yes, we've now set up a Patreon account. Would you like to elaborate? Not really. Still not figured out what we're doing yet. But you can throw oh. us some money if you want to. But there you are. We do. We do. We do have one patron so far. Oh, do we? We do. Yes. Oh, yes, of course. Right. Won't say names because I don't want to like shout anyone out who doesn't want to be shouted out. But I think I know who it is as well. And we've also got our first commission as well. But I say we're still still um, working out the details of our Patreon. Um, Patreon, Patreon. Mm. I'll say a Patreon because I am. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. Um, yeah, we're still working out the details, but once we have them fully ironed out, we shall let you lovely listeners know. Okay. Answer us to Bob if you want. Well, I think we've what we've done is quite timely there, because not only is it timely comics, which became Marvel, but 
also we've just gone completely off the point to promote something else which is exactly what next week's film does which means Becca do you expect to talk or return with Iron Man 2? <laughs>